Welcome to day 284 of Shaped by the Word. Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Cindy Kemp. Mm -hmm. And we continue our journey through the book of Hebrews. We've come to Hebrews chapter 6, mm -hmm. which is one of the most daunting warning passages mm -hmm. in uh, not only the book of Hebrews, which is famous for its warning passages, uh, but for the Bible as well. So you'll read this in a few minutes and you'll go, gosh, I, I wonder if that's me. And, and of course, that, that, that is the grace you know, of these warning passages that they do remind us, you know, that uh, all of us are capable of falling away and our confidence, of course, is not in our ability to sustain ourselves, but in his ability to sustain us. Mm -hmm. So as we read this, as we come to another one of those unfortunate, uh, you know, chapter breaks uh, where, you know, the writer of Hebrews has already, you know, began to talk about, you know, their need for going beyond just milk and to uh, learning more serious truths about righteousness and so he ends, you know, with verse 14 in chapter 5. Uh, but solid food is mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And he is calling them to greater sanctification as they continue in God and continue in his word and allow him to build us up in that. Uh, before we read uh, today and before we take on this daunting warning passage, uh, let's offer ourselves to God to be fortified by him, to hear his word and respond to it. Uh, by his grace. Cindy, do you mind lifting us up? No. Father, thank you for this time in your word. And Father, we thank you that it's um, full of truth that we, Father, can turn to and that we can base our, our, our life on. Father, we just ask that by your spirit you would take what you've written and that you would minister to our hearts exactly what we need. Father, that our hearts would be stirred in affection and, and love for you, and that our faith would deepen and grow as uh, we continue that process of, of working out our salvation, which is sanctification. Thank you, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. And therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teaching about Christ and be taken forward to maturity not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance, to their loss, their crucifying the Son of God, all over again and then subjecting him to public disgrace, land that drinks in rain often uh, falling on it and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it was farmed received a blessing of God, but land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we're convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. So after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. 
People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of this hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So chapter 6, again, brings up many of the wonderful images that he is using. And, of course, he's again playing on what we uh, talked about, you know, uh, yesterday about, you know, the children of Israel coming to the very edge of what was promised and and then, you know, falling back away. And so he challenges this, you know, these people because we have a high priest that we need to move on toward maturity. And he talks about how we do, you know, move on to maturity as he begins, you know, as he begins this passage. And again, you know, that's a a part of the Christian life that is so important yet maybe not often talked about is this kind of growing up from, from the milk to the more mature to the solid foods and and then we see even in that you know he says that we may be taken to maturity and i love this little disclaimer he puts at the end of verse three or the start of verse three and god permitting you know we will do so so there is like as he's even said in the last passage you know train yourselves um to distinguish good from evil this this training this working this this intensity but it's also man that's that's god permitting that we will grow that we will mature and so I love that the author adds that in as a as a yeah. comfort to us. And, and, and we remember, you know, you know uh, verse fourteen of chapter five again is solid food is is for the mature who, by constant use and by constant use, I mean by continually applying scripture, you know, to our lives. But we've already talked about in chapter four. Of course, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to divide, you know, soul and spirit, and everything in all of creation is laid bare before Him and is God's word. You know, lays bare the sin and the idolatry and the misplaced affections in our life, and we continue to turn to Him and pursue Him uh, by applying His Word mm-hmm. through the power of His Spirit mm-hmm. uh, on a daily basis. You know that, that we become to a place we have discernment. We decide what is really good, and of course, this was you know this was the temptation in the garden that we're going back to yeah. right here, distinguishing good and evil. Mm-hmm. It's when we said to God, "We reserve the right to choose for ourselves what is good and best for us, rather than listening to you and to to your word." And when we chose for ourselves, we chose wrongly. When we submit ourselves to the Spirit, we come back to the place where we learn how to choose rightly what is good and, and what is pleasing. Uh, to him. No, that's even what we're trying to do with this podcast, right? Is to be shaped by the word and and how central the word of God is to the people of God and how I know even in my own life when I feel like I'm not maturing, not growing, it is often because there's an absence of the word in my life or my failure to not even listen to the word of God that I do know just as we, as you mentioned, as we do see in the garden. Um, so seeing how the the centrality of not just the word but the spirit at work through the word in my life is is vital as a disciple. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, one is not uh, not coming to the table in order to receive the word and feast on the word, and of course, mm-hmm. the other is you know that he has warned us you know warned us against uh, you know in chapter four is don't let your heart mm-hmm. be hard mm-hmm. uh, through disobedience. 
and, and so the continuing you know the continuing desire you know to be you know to Christ is, is part of that as well so I guess we gotta get to verses four through eight huh? yeah verse you know yeah verses four through eight is impossible for those who have been enlightened mm-hmm. who have tasted the heavenly gift who have shared in the Holy Spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance to their loss they're crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace land that drinks sin the rain often falling on it and produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed receive the blessing of god but land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed in the end it'll be burned and of course verse seven eight are a fantastic you know commentary on the universes you know four through six and uh, you know, seven and eight talks about those who are again receiving the word and bearing fruit, and those who you know the rain is falling on, but they they're bearing instead yeah. you know the opposite fruit or thorns and, and thistles. Uh, one is under the blessing of God, and one is under you know the curse of God. And so when he describes you know those who have uh, been enlightened, who've tasted the heavenly gift, who've shared in the Holy Spirit, he's talking about those in the community who have experienced all these good things. They've heard the word of God they've been in this electric mm-hmm. atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is working they may even you know felt like and sense the Holy Spirit working you know through them in different times but they're not producing fruit yeah. and because they're not producing fruit you know they're not genuine uh, believers mm-hmm. and that there, there's nothing else for them if they cannot hear the gospel if they cannot see the works of the Holy Spirit or experience the Holy Spirit working all around them uh, you know, if they can't, you know, taste the heavenly gift and, and be brought to repentance, there's nothing else left for them because yeah. Christ's crucifixion was the final right. place where we enter into the curses removed and we enter into the blessing of Christ. And so, especially if they're going back to Judaism, they're going back to pre-crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they're going back to pre-crucifixion, the only solution is for Christ to be crucified again yeah and there's just nothing more than christ yeah you know the the passage you know that helps me understand this passage probably more than any others uh when you see these things you think these must be believers who lost their faith Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh the passage that helps me more than anything else is probably you know matthew 7 where Mm -hmm. you know jesus says uh in that day many will say to me lord lord uh did we not, you know, prophesy in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name? And did we not cast out demons in your name? And I will say to them very plainly, I never knew you away from me, you, you evil workers, or you workers of iniquity. I, I think I've gone more King, <laughs> oh, King, King, more King James, <laughs> you know, than anything else on you. But uh, so these are people that experienced spiritual phenomena, but had not been moved by the grace of God into the deeper work of God mm-hmm. and, and their works were works of unrighteousness rather than works of righteousness so the same phenomena that you know Jesus was talking about and mm-hmm. and of course you know John would later you know talk about people who were leaving you know the faith mm-hmm. from the church and he said they went out from us because they were never part of mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. in other words they they looked like believers in every way maybe even down to the fact you know the, to to their spiritual experiences but in the end they walked away which proved their faith was never genuine yeah uh, to begin with yeah, I th- 
find it interesting how when the author kind of speaks of, of that person and even all this rain's falling down, but it's just producing thorns and thistles. There's no, there's no fruit. And then he says in, in verse nine, but we are convinced of better things in your case. And he even begins describing some of the fruit that's been mm-hmm. in their life. Um, how um, God's not unjust. He will not forget the work, your work and your love that, that you have shown and you've helped his people and continue to help them. And so even kind of talking about the, in a fruitless response to the gospel, we do see their fruit in light of the gospel mm-hmm. that the author picks up on, which I find encouraging. And isn't it also interesting in verse 10, what he identifies with fruit. Yeah. Uh, he will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped mm-hmm. his people. You know how the two of those come together, uh, how you have demonstrated your love for him and your love for neighbor. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have the two commands coming together. Love yeah. the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might. And the second is like it. Jesus tells us, love your neighbor as yourself. And the one thing that illustrates our love for God more than anything else is that we have his heart and his affection for those around us. Mm-hmm. And, and we demonstrate it, you know, as James would tell us, mm-hmm. not by just simply seeing them in need and saying, I hope you get warm and are fed. Yeah. Peace, brother. Uh, but yeah, uh, but uh, actually meeting those needs sacrificially in the name of Christ, and that's that's the fruit he recognizes. And he mm-hmm. says, "By this, by your love for one another, I am convinced that you are in the faith. Mm-hmm. And because I'm convinced you are in the faith, I am convinced Christ will keep you to the end." And how he mm-hmm. shows us two comparisons right after that in verse eleven and twelve. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end compared to we do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith, faith and patience inherit what has been promised and then of course kind of he will ways. give us a whole chapter yeah. in chapter 11 of those in the Old Testament who have endured and then he'll invite them to look into the lives of their leaders who have endured mm-hmm. and uh, more than anything else he'll invite them to look at Christ who endured the cross mm-hmm. and scorned its shame and sat down at the right hand of the Heavenly Father Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then it's just so encouraging, um, just the whole next section, knowing that um, due to the fact that God has an unchangeable nature and that he cannot lie, that he will hold true to his promise, and that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. I mean, that was Jesus, <laughs> where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become our high priest forever. So... It's quite comforting that we can end on this note too. No, it's just what a movement, yeah. you know, we have. You know that there is a uh, two unchangeable things. You know, yeah. you know, God, you know, doesn't lie, and so we're greatly encouraged in that. And the hope that we have has taken us behind yeah. the curtain yeah. into the sanctuary. And, and it's interesting that he, you know, that he 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 does that. In verse nineteen, he says, "We have this hope, which is an anchor for our soul. It just holds us when we're being wind tossed and keeps us, you know, from being shipwrecked. We have mm-hmm. this hope, which was an anchor for our soul. It's firm and secure. It enters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the hope is mm-hmm. not, you know, just a a, a feeling that we have. Yeah, yeah. The hope is a person, yeah. which enters behind the sanctuary." Mm-hmm. Uh, the person of Jesus who's mm-hmm. entered the sanctuary on our behalf and has invited us into God's presence. Yeah. Fantastic passage. Cindy, do you mind closing us with a word no, of prayer? No, I don't mind. Father, we do um, thank you for the incredible hope that is ours 
and that it is an anchor to our soul and for our soul and it does rest in the person of, of your son Jesus Christ who um, did enter father that inner sanctuary on our behalf so father we have that peace we have that rest knowing that this is a work that he has completed on our behalf and we thank you for that it's in Christ's name we pray amen amen